Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports Podcast. I am so excited this week because we have a couple spe- special guests and not really any co-hosts this week. I mean, there will be a familiar face, but he will not be taking his normal co-host. Um, so with me today, I have Chris and Kyle. I'm not going to try to butcher either one of their last names, so I'll let them introduce themselves in just a little bit. But they are two of the co-founders of Honor Esports, an up-and-coming esports organization. As well as always, we have James with us. He will be acting more as kind of like an interviewee instead of an interviewer. He is the uh, manager of the League of Legends team for Honor Esports, which you guys have kind of heard the last couple of weeks. He's always kind of bringing it in there a little bit here and there. But today, he's going to be on the other side, and I'm going to be asking these guys a bunch of questions on what is Honor Esports, how did it get started, advice for any of you guys that maybe you want to start your own esports organization in the run, and things kind of like that. So I'll quit talking and get right into the interview. So I'll actually begin with Kyle, then Chris, and then James. Why don't you guys just kind of introduce yourselves a little bit, what's kind of your video games or esports experience up to this point, and what is your role in Honor Esports, and what do you kind of do for that? Uh, so my name is... Kyle McClellan. Uh, I also go by the name SSHD or Supersonic HD. Uh, I've been involved in esports since the release of uh, Titanfall 2. I played that at a semi-professional level. Then I played in some CSGO tournaments here and there, but I really got into esports when Overwatch first came out. Played semi-professional there. And kind of that's what kind of got me into honor sports and stuff like that. Okay. And then, yeah, Chris, uh, do you want to kind of tell a little bit about your experience so far? Sure thing. My name's Chris Nelson. I go by the name The Banhammer. Um, I'm the business development director for Honor Esports. And I got into esports back when Battlefield 3 and 4 came out. Um, I played at a semi pro squad level. Um, Moved over to League of Legends for a sh- short while, and eventually found my way into Overwatch, um, and just followed that through, and got into the semi-pro um, scene of that or the amateur scene. Um, I guess I'll ask Kyle this too after you, but why? Where did the nickname the Banhammer come from? Um, I I can't remember to be honest. It just it just kind of happened one day, and you just kind of stuck with it and well, didn't let just... it go. Yeah, let's just not go into the old usernames. <laughs> Do not want to go no, there. No, I definitely understand. <laughs> and then, Kyle, um, where did Supersonic HD come from? Um, so, when I first started getting into Titanfall, I had like this other username <laughs> that I don't really want to go into. But for I had decided to change my Xbox name, and I wanted something that was kind of easy to say or kind of easy to like abbreviate. So, I did Supersonic HD which then I started rolling into SSHD, and that's kind of what I'm going with now. Nice. And then I guess we'll let James introduce himself. I mean, sadly, he has to be here this week. But no, honestly, I want to kind of hear a little bit more about your experience. I mean, you've been on the podcast for a while, but I still have no idea where you kind of got your username. I don't really <laughs> know too much about your background or kind of how you ended up getting it on. I know, sports. right? So kind of fill in everyone for that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I go by Howie, um, H-A-O-W-I-I. It started with my fascination with the show The Boondocks. Um, I was a huge, huge fan, um, and Huey Freeman's like my favorite character. So initially, I tried to 
change around the spelling to try and get Huey. Unfortunately, I couldn't, so it's amalgamated into Howie, and that's kind of how it stuck. Um, this is really my first stint with esports. I've been a huge, like I've said this like over and over again on the podcast, that I've been a huge, huge esports esports fan since season four of League of Legends. Um, but actually, as as lame as it sounds, it was my girlfriend who really pushed me to be like, you know, what, you should you should like try and apply to some of these teams and just some of these jobs to see if you can get in. And uh, thankfully, Chris and Kyle just kind of took me with a like a no experience, like not nothing. I was just kind of the like, I think Chris mentioned he, he liked the commitment and the passion, and that was pretty much what he took me on so that's kind of how i got my start with honor no, that's awesome and i mean it's really cool that you have a girlfriend that really kind of encourages you to do that kind of stuff but also i mean yeah, it's, it's pretty great yeah, man <laughs> uh but commitment and passion is really what a lot of esports is kind of built on so i think that's really cool that you kind of just got your start from being passionate about it but i guess i want to talk a little bit more about chris and kyle and kind of the start of honor esports before we kind of get into your role james so yeah, Chris, sure. you're from overseas, and I think, Kyle, you're Canadian, if I'm correct. So Yes, yes, I'm Canadian. How did you guys kind of meet, and, like, you're co-founders of Honor Esports, so, like, kind of, and then you have one other co-founder, if you want to introduce him just a little bit. So how did you guys kind of get to meet? How did you say, okay, let's start a team? Like, how did the whole process get started? Um, so, do, do you want to I'll, I'll let you explain, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it was what? A year was, and a bit ago, when we when we when yeah, we originally it was, met, um, it was at fr- the Moon Moon, uh, kind of open tournament kind of level. Okay. Um, it was like just for you know amateur players and stuff like that to play some Overwatch and stuff like that, and that's how we first met. Through a friend of a friend, well, no, a friend introduced me to Carl basically. And uh, that friend is our other co-founder. Of course, so that's a, that's kind of the mutual connection there. Yeah. And um, then, yeah, just kind of from there, you guys just started kind of talking, like, let's kind of yeah. make this a little bit more official, let's kind of make something out of this friendship. Well, what kind of happened, we, we were friends for a, a good couple of months before we even got towards Honor Esports, but um, at the time we were both playing on amateur teams in Overwatch, myself in Europe and Carl in... Uh, North America, um, and it ended up being a case where we were both looking at organizations for the team to be picked up with, and none of them were really attractive to us, um, just with the way that they were performing their business. Um, and with that, we, we thought, the scene isn't that great for amateur teams, and we decided that Let's make it better. Yeah, so yeah. So you literally just kind of looked at everything that was going on around you and strongly believed that we can do this better than what's going on right now and kind of took it into your own hands and started Honor Esports. That's kind of where this all came from? Yeah, we, we, we felt like the players weren't receiving enough support and we felt like we could offer that support to our own players. So yeah, so... Give your little pitch then kind of about Honor Esports. So what do you guys do different? Like what makes you kind of a step above the over the other amateur teams? What are you going out of your way to do to kind of differentiate yourself from everyone else in the League of Legends scene, for example? I feel like Cal what Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what we do that's different from all the other organizations is that we allow people to have a 
avenue or a stepping stone in jumping up their experience into whether it be League of Legends, Overwatch, or anything like that. So usually when you're going to like an amateur organization, uh, there isn't really much structure as a, like a base to the to the team. At Honor Honor Sports, we want to build that structure out to help support the team that we end up bringing in. We don't want to bring in a team and then have them kind of lost a bit, as you would say. No, yeah, that's really cool. And, I mean, you can definitely see that. I mean, so for any of you out there that are listening, you can go to honor.gg to check out the official website. It looks amazing. It's really well done, I believe. But you can just kind of tell. I mean, you guys are a pretty young organization. I remember when James just kind of said he was joining, but at the same time he was kind of joining the podcast. And the amount of effort you guys have put in, the amount of professionalism, and really kind of organization that you guys have already developed kind of shows what you guys are talking about, that you want that structure, that you want when people to come in to the team, you want them to feel like they're a part of something, you want them to know what they're doing. Is that kind of the big goal of the organization to really focus on those players and make them feel as if they're part of something bigger. Yeah, definitely. Um, we like, we like developing the players to be prepared for what their next step is, whether that be to go even further or whether they decide to stick with us. We want to prepare them for what their future will be within esports. Okay. So James, I want to kind of jump over to the other side of all of this and why did you want to go into Honor Esports when you're kind of, you said your girlfriend was pushing you to apply for some of these teams. When you're kind of looking around, what made you want to kind of join Honor Esports and you're kind of your first experiences with the organization? And what was your kind of thoughts about these guys? I mean, like, I kind of, I kind of went into the, like, the job market of Esports, like, like, kind of like as an open book, because I wasn't really sure what I was getting into. Um, I... I, I've told Chris and Kyle this before that Honor wasn't initially like the first job I applied to or anything like that. I had gotten turned down by, by multiple jobs like prior to this. And a big thing that sold it to me is my first actual conversation with, with Chris is just kind of like <laughs> he one thing I could tell from the other organizations from Honor is that Chris treated me much more like I wasn't just some like some rando with no experience trying to apply. He actually like sat there and like talked to me like a person, right? Like I mean, initially I applied as like an analyst and Chris turned that into being me making the team and like it was just it was just a matter of just recognizing like what I wanted to do and stuff like that, which you know, I, I, like unfortunately a lot of other teams just kind of push brush me aside and they're like, "Listen, dude, you don't you have no experience. Um, unfortunately, you're older. Like I'm 26, which I mean, in the esports like grand scope, I guess I'm fairly old for it, right? But and like I mean, me is like ever being a player is like that. That's not going to happen. So I think it was just the the level of like uh, how how personable Chris was. I guess in my initial, it made me very fond of the organization at a very early level. Um, as well, like you had mentioned prior, the the website looks super slick. Um, and actually, we can like any graphics or anything like that. Kyle actually does, which I think is I think is a huge time sink and is 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 wicked, right? So that's why that's kind of what made me stick with Honor. That's made me not even consider leaving. Like I mean, it's 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 been a great experience so far. Yeah, and kind of just to mention, if I'm pretty sure Kyle designed the logo for Project Esports as well, didn't he? 
Yes, you did. Yeah. So first yes, off, yes, I yes, want to thank you so much for that. I love the logo so far. And I remember James kind of saying, oh, thank one you. of the guys from the organization was making it. And I guess now I get the chance to kind of personally thank you and all that. So besides no all problem. of this, I really enjoyed that. But um, thank you. I guess kind of looking back at the organization as a whole. So kind of Kyle and Chris, fill me in on like kind of how many team members you have. Like you have James as the manager of League of Legends teams. But what else do you have for kind of staff on the organization, as well as how many players and kind of stuff like that do you have right now? Um, I think at the moment, uh, we have as like staff, just like general staff and everything like that. We have a social media worker, which is the other co-founder. We have a video producer slash like live stream uh, personality. Now for the Overwatch team, I know we are starting to have we're building the six man roster. That's gonna be like the core roster. But as Overwatch has evolved, it's now moving into a seven or eight man roster. So once we build that core six, we're gonna expand on it. Now I'll let uh, Chris talk more about the League of Legends since I'm not as uh, you know in depth into it as he is awesome yes yeah so um until i think now we're up to four different staff members for the league of legends um two coaches uh one analyst and obviously james being the manager as well um we've also managed to pick up five players who, who are doing really well in my point of view um and a substitute so we're sat at about 10 people in the league of legends gen gen like team in general wow that's awesome for and then how long ago how long has honor esports been kind of like an official thing um it's got to be i think it was about, back about to five months wow the se- season one of season one or season two of open division i think it so was it was mid it was middle of season one which would be five months ago at mm-hmm. like start of june end of june that's really Small. cool that's, how that's much progress months. you guys have made in just such a short kind of time already. Yeah, really happy with how it's going. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year even more. Yeah, I mean, so far with everything that you've kind of done, have is it harder than you thought it would be? Or is everything just kind of working out and like going really smoothly? And you think you're kind of the odd one out with that? Or like kind of what is your overall impressions of getting this going and just kind of making this a reality so far um i feel like it's gone quite smoothly and there's been some points here and there where we've had to kind of take a step back and think what was best for the teams like the players as individuals and for the organization as a whole and we've kind of found a good mix of the two because we want this we want our organization to be a organization for the players and i think we've kind of had great success in that and like building up that part it's more so now uh, kind of building on to it you know just like giving little extra uh, incentives and kind of uh how can i say it um i'll let, I'll let ben put something in <laughs> come keep going off of what i'm saying cause... <laughs> so 
um, we're, we're at the moment we're trying to expand the actual org itself. Um, so we've got we've got these individual teams. We're trying to pull it all together, um, and make it a reality with bringing in sponsors and um, bringing in all these new staff members. In fact, I, I may have forgotten this because it only just happened this weekend, but we did bring on a new um, Smash player as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, remember just seeing that kind of on the website that that was just kind of um, becoming a reality, which is really cool. Um, I guess instead of having you kind of keep coming up with things, I guess I'll start kind of answering questions. I mean, asking questions kind of about everything as a whole. So really what I want our listeners to get out of this more than anything is so if someone came in to apply for Honor Esports tomorrow, which hopefully you might get a couple of people interested in trying to help the organization expand. But as, let's say, a staff member first off, we'll talk about team members and things kind of like that later. But for someone that wants to be a manager of the Overwatch team or someone kind of like that, what are you looking for in those players, I mean those uh, staff members? What are the highest qualities or something that would make someone stick out versus other applicants? The main thing for me is dedication. Dedication to esports as a whole, not just the one genre that you're looking at, or sorry, one game that you're looking at. If you're interested in what's going on with the uh, League of Legends, what's it called, in Europe? Oh, the EU LCS? Yeah, where it's all going into... Chaos. Um, <laughs> Chaos, yeah. <laughs> but, like, li- looking out for that stuff, because it's all, it's all eSports-based. If someone from Overwatch is interested in what's going on with the League of Legends team, that's a big plus. But dedication to your game as well, knowing what's going on in that game all the time. Um, it's not necessarily about being the best. Being organized is also another thing that is is really hard to find in a person. Also, something that we kind of look for also is players that know that they want to focus on expanding their potential as a player. A lot of players kind of just go, well there's a chance I can get good, but they don't really, you know, follow through it. We want players that know that they have the potential and want to expand on it and kind of reach the next level, as you would say. Okay, so when you're looking at players, I guess, specifically, I think staff is very kind of self-explanatory. You have to have that passion. You have to have that drive for esports because, like I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, that's kind of what esports is built off of. But is that enough yeah. when you're looking at players, or do they need to also have a Twitch following and things kind of like that? Do you take that into account when recruiting new players, or is it just kind of the skill and the motivation that you really kind of look at solely? I think the main thing for me is when we're looking at new players is how well they fit into the existing team if we've got one, um, how willing they are, they are to work with that team to improve, and on top of that, their skill in the chosen game. The Twitch following is also an added benefit, Twitter following, all stuff like that. But it's not something we specifically focus on when picking up a new pers- a new player. I know for sure when a player joins our organization, if they don't necessarily have like the kind of experience or the know-how of like to build up their own brand as like kind of like a thing because 
as a player, if you want to get noticed, you got to have like your own brand and everything like that. When you're part of Honor Esports, we help you build on a brand. And if you don't have a brand, we'll help you build a brand. And that will help you kind of further on your career and so on. Yeah. Things like setting up the Twitch and Twitter, mm-hmm. making sure that it gets promoted in the correct ways, and helping you set all that up so that you can carry on with that even after you're no longer with the team. Yeah, kind of getting the basic understanding of this is kind of how you present yourself, this is how you should kind of, yeah, how you should look on Twitch, how you should look on Twitter, what you should talk about, how you should kind of talk even. And even including yeah. having matching little Discord icons, like all three of these guys. You guys can't see that, but you all have the exact same one little color variation uh, Discord icons. I mean, you can kind of see, um, just kind of coming from the marketing side, that branding is something that is incredibly important, I believe, and Honor Esport does it really well, and it's something that even if you guys aren't interested in joining Honor Esports, you should definitely just go in and look at what they're doing. They clearly have a great graphic designer that really brings everything together. If you go to the Twitch streams, they all kind of have the same, even offline uh, images. They have the same uh, profile images. It's just kind of that idea that these players aren't just one individual player streaming on Twitch, that it really is one big organization. So that's something that I've really been impressed with you guys so far and something that I recommend anyone that is interested in just kind of building a professional brand or building an esports organization, check out these guys because these guys have the right of the idea of how to build that brand right off the bat. But yeah, brand, branding is one of the things that we've been focusing on quite a bit. It's uh, something that you don't get, you can't get right. Like it's hard to get right, and I think Cal mm-hmm. uh, has done a really good job in pushing us further and further with that. I like the thing is with like amateur organizations is usually they are not they don't really think of the larger scheme of things usually they just want to build a brand that kind of just like is like you know cheerful or whatever and doesn't really uh it's not really marketable as as I would say you need a brand that is marketable you need something that is easy to to promote you need something that kind of goes into a player's head when they think of the team name or when they see the logo that's what they think they think of that team that organization or that team right no yeah i mean In, something very similar yeah. to sorry uh like tsm no, no. like when you hear team solo mid you think of their icon instantly you think of kind of the players you think of the organization as a whole and that takes time obviously to build and that's what you're really kind of focusing on and i mean for anyone that's kind of starting to do that from the beginning, someone that's trying to build their own brand, what's like a big tip or two that you can kind of give people to kind of make it a reality and kind of take the steps of being as well-branded as Honor Esports? Um, something I would say that basically everyone who's looking to build the esports brand in general, whether that be an amateur organization or tournament organization or anything like that, um, is to focus on kind of what what kind of stands for you as a whole. So for us, like Honor Esports, the reason why we went with Honor Esports is because we want players and teams uh, who are 
dedicated that show respect throughout their play and their dedication to the game that they play. So we, we kind of built on that, and that's kind of what you need to build a brand in esports nowadays is you just need something that's close to you. And I, as a kind of a, uh, of a example, like the Los Angeles Valiant, they used to be Immortals Esports. They've done a great job with their branding. They base their brand about around their core values of a team, and that's what we did as well. And you can see how building a brand like that can easily uh, be marketable to esports people and non-esports people as well. Yeah, that's... I think that's really great advice, and I think that even gives a great example, I mean, between you guys and Valiant, and just kind of seeing all the teams that are really rebranding themselves in the Overwatch League, because a lot of them had to change from old names over to new ones, I think are really great ways to look at um, branding in esports, no matter what kind of organization you're trying to create, but also just kind of as a professional brand as a whole. But what do you guys see as, like, the... I'll move on from like the actual organization and kind of start going into specific things after this. But what do you see as the long-term t- kind of thing for Honor Esports? I know you guys say it wants to be a place where you help players grow. But for you two specifically, what do you want it to be in five years? Do you want this still to be something that you guys are working on, that you are helping grow just players grow? Or are you looking to take Honor Esports to maybe uh, step up from the level that you're at now? So... I, I, the way I personally see it is I would like to get it to the stage where it can be a job for everyone that's involved in it um, and in terms of the teams I think we, we we try and push those teams as far as they can go the players individually we develop them and the main point we try and get across is that we don't want to restrict those players to staying with us it, it sounds weird as a, for an org to say that but if a player moves on to bigger and better things we congratulate that we love the fact that they're moving on we don't we don't want to hold them back if we've helped them proceed in their career it's something that we can show off no that's um, sorry go on no, that was finished, sorry. <laughs> I, I was kind of guessing, but I, then I didn't know if you're kind of going on with one more point. But I kind of want to jump over to kind of James' side and kind of see what do you see as – so you joined this organization today, and obviously you – I'm not today, but recently, and you would love to stay with it for the next couple of years. I mean, what do you see as the League of Legends manager? What do you see the next couple steps that are going to be required in order to make this a job? Like, I guess – a lot of people probably don't understand what it takes to just kind of form an amateur team and make it a reality, like tournaments and that kind of stuff. Like, what are the next steps for the League of Legends team to kind of bring it up a level from where it's at now? Um, I'd like it. I'd like it to be a bit more. Uh, like, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna add on what, what Chris said is I like I like you know I'd like it to be a job. I'd like it to be you know something that wasn't just driven by passion. Um. But moving forward as a manager, I would li- I would like 
organizations like us because i know they exist like i know like just from organizing scrimmages and stuff like that for my guys um that to see the amateur scene grow as a whole i would love that to happen i love like unfortunately with the with, with the franchising becoming a thing um it really took away from a lot of teams making it into the challenger scene stuff like that so what i would like to see from not just us but everybody else um you know, commitment and dedication into the amateur scene itself and causing it like to grow as a collective sort of thing um, that you would actually see, you know, like, I mean, tournaments that have prize pools that are like like the TCS on a regular basis. You know what I mean? So things along those lines. Like, I mean, the TCS itself was it was great for the amateur scene. We just need more of that. And I hope, you know, the longer I stay with you know with honor and the longer i stay in the scene and stuff like that i can see more of that and that's and I, if i have a way of helping develop it that's awesome that's great um but yeah i guess that's kind of what i what I, i'm looking for out of the out of both honor and and the amateur scene as a yeah, whole yeah and i guess you brought up a point that i was really going to hit on eventually and i guess any of you can answer this whoever you think have the best answer to this question but now that the nalcs has switched to franchising what has that done for amateur teams like you like I don't. Is the Challenger Series even still around? Like, obviously, you guys can't one day qualify for the NALCS. That's not going to be a thing anymore. So, what are the stages that an amateur team like you guys can go through? Is it just these small tournaments now, and there's no big series that you can qualify, or what does the League of Legends scene look like for a team your size right now? I think this is. A- Chris and Kyle, yeah, I think yeah, this is yeah. me. <laughs> like, <I think. laughs> um, so like there is, so there is no challenger, uh, challenger league anymore. That's 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 done and gone with franchising. Um, now, all, like along the lines of franchising, um, maybe down the road, like you said, in five years, um, when they, I, 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 I see expansion as a foreseeable thing with the LCS. I see that definitely happening because it's just so lucrative. Um, now, whether we can get venture capital back and down the road, like who knows? Um, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and count on it because it's just. It's very. It's. It's very unrealistic. That being said, within the amateur scene itself, there are tournaments that have that have followings and stuff like that. They think with the when the right people get behind them or when the right people get in the right spots, um, they're they're going to become much more popular because you know you're seeing like the up and comers and stuff like that. Um, there's two. There's two major amateur league see uh tournaments that kind of run they kind of run perpendicular to themselves but they do allow room for the both like teams to both be in a part of um one being compete league who hosted the beginning stages of tcs um and the other one being upsurge uh, upsurge esports who just finished their or yeah they just finished their winter invitational series um both of these have like decent prize pools it's definitely something that you know amateur scenes definitely want to get their hands on and stuff like that um and that's kind of where it's starting. It seems because um, the big thing was too with the with the death of the challenger scene that it, it kind of created this vacuum of what people were working towards, right? Um, because before the challenger scene, no, or like at now after the challenger scene, there's no official way to do it. So everybody's kind of brainstorming and trying to come up with better ideas over better ideas and stuff like that. So we're in a really like it's it's a very shaky, but it's a very interesting scene to be a part of right now where you know i don't even think the franchise teams even have like a, a, a cut clear-cut way to draft players and stuff like that i've seen that echo fox for recently like released their academy team which includes some players from the oce which is the australian league um i think that's really interesting because it's showing that they're drawing talent from there but those are like those teams are going to have to put on 
you know, like open tournaments and stuff like that to, you know, properly drum up, drum up uh, talent and stuff like that. So I think th- we're going to see a lot of weird and cra- crazy stuff in the next little while just to see how, just to see how they can drum up talent the best. So I think, yeah, I guess besides the two major tournaments and what I'm kind of predicting, that's really about it right now. But it doesn't mean that teams aren't trying. There is there is tons of organizations that I've I've learned about just be just becoming a manager and stuff like that, organizing scrimmages. So it's not like it's dead. There's 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 tons of team builders, tons of teams. Everybody's trying and like it, like everybody's a grinder too, which I which I love. Like every like I thought I had a like uncanny amount of time to dedicate to this, um, just like. To, to like just for a little bit of background to assemble my team i tried to add and talk to just shy of a thousand people through op.gg just just to try and to assemble a team right and that took me that took me days that took me <laughs> took me weeks but like i mean i'm not the only one doing that and that that to me is awesome the, um like tons of other organizations are doing it as well but yeah i guess i'll kind of wrap up with that no, yeah that's really curious yeah because like me personally i mean i'm a hugely legend fan of jame you know that already but I don't oh, yeah. even know what that amateur scene is right now. So I guess the question is, um, Chris and Kyle, why did you bring on James to create the League of Legends team first? I mean, with the scene kind of being up in the air right now with franchising switching over, was there a reason that you went into League of Legends first, or is that just kind of what worked out for you? Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I just, think... I'll just do, Sorry, like, I just have a <laughs> short little uh, point. Is when, yes, it's a very rocky situation right now with how amateur scene and the pro scene is right now but that's also a great opportunity to go in and start building something so when stuff is announced and when things are put in place that you have the set team that is ready to perform when the time is needed I think that's kind of a uh, why we kind of went in, but uh, I'll let Ben put in some of his points. I, th- I think you did a mm-hmm. great summary there. I think the only thing to add on is that um, James came to us with a proposal and we're pretty open to people who are dedicated and want to create something, who are willing to put that effort in. And I just, I'm just going to say it, James has done an excellent job with Thanks, man. <laughs> learning to manage a new team. And he's grown with that team as well. Yeah, that's really cool. And I and it makes sense. I mean, exactly what you're kinda of saying, Kyle, is that like you have the opportunity to kind of more or less make a name for yourself and stick out in the scene that's kind of a little unknown so when it does kinda of come to the forefront again that your guys are ready. And also, I mean, I think what James did is what a lot more people in the esports scene should do is take that chance, come up with kind of like a real proposal, not just send someone a quick message on Reddit or on social media like saying, hey, I want to do this, but come with an idea and take that chance in esports because it came from the players, it came from passion, and people taking that chance obviously led to the creation of the League of Legends team for you guys. And if more people kind of took that approach and – um, passion that James had. I mean, I definitely think that helped the amateur scene grow a lot. So I think this is kind of a great example of where these things come from. I mean, Honor Esports is just, I'm more impressed listening to your guys' story 
is really kind of the idea of what I think of what an amateur organization should be. So, again, I really encourage all listeners to kind of just check these guys out, look more into them on any question, on any kind of idea. And we're not quite wrapping up the show yet, but, I mean, I'm sure you guys would be interested, I mean, open to answering any questions that any listeners had or anyone kind of had the same idea that you guys had, Chris and Kyle? Yeah, if... If anyone wants to answer, if anyone wants to ask questions to us, we we're happy to answer those. We've got our own Discord. You can answer. You can ask there, or even just via Twitter. We're always or active. If you have, yeah, that's oh. really cool, and we'll let you guys. I was just oh, going to say, if you ever on. have like an individual question for really anyone on the staff at Honor Esports, and like looking into how you can get into a similar situation, almost everyone who's part of our staff is always open to discussing things with anyone really yeah and i mean like i said we're not quite wrapping up yet so i'll make sure to let you guys all list off your twitter name social media names website names and all that kind of stuff so that if anyone wants to get a hold of you and learn more about you they can but i was just kind of saying that you guys are doing it right and i really encourage anyone to kind of check you guys out and to really follow your lead that you're setting for all amateur teams kind of in the long run but going on to that, so you drafted the uh, Smash player, and you guys are starting the formation of an Overwatch League team right now. So what does the Overwatch amateur scene kind of look like? I mean, I guess I can switch that over to you, Chris and Kyle, because that's obviously not James Field. But <laughs> does Blizzard make that a lot easier to kind of – is there different stages there? Is there a challenger-like league on the Overwatch side? Yes. Yeah. So – with 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 Overwatch, they're doing a really good job of creating that pathway. Um, so the the big new thing is obviously the Overwatch League. That's a top tier play um, with these franchise teams. However, below that, you then have um, Overwatch Contenders, which has your pro teams, not quite at the same level as Overwatch League, but that's the pool that they'll probably take from. And below that, in order to get into contenders, they have what's called the Open Division. And that's the, the league that we aim to be um, playing in, basically. And so, so yeah, tell, tell people a little bit more about the, um, the Open kind of bottom level. So, like, is it just tournaments that you guys will apply for once you have your team established and kind of just start standing out in that scene and then you get invited to join the contenders? Or is there an actual season that you'd try to get invited into? Or what does that, like, formally um, look like? So, I'll, it's, I'll it's... just, like, for Overwatch, they basically build, it's almost like a promotion system. So, what you do is you play in the open division, which is open to anyone, really, right? And the top teams from open division, based on your region, then are eligible to go into the relegation stage for contenders. So when they have their relegation stage for contenders, what they're going to do is they're going to allow the top teams from open division, so like amateur teams, like teams where players just are good enough to take that next step, can actually do so. So I guess from what Chris said before, we want to build a team that is able to compete in open division, has a chance of winning, and can get to that next step. That is our goal 
for our Overwatch teams. Which is a really big goal, and I think that's really cool that you guys are kind of setting out there, and obviously I wish you the best of luck kind of in that. But, I mean, why do you think it's so well established, like, on Blizzard's side and not for Riot and League of Legends? And I guess I, I don't even know too much about the amateur scene for other esports, but these are the two you're interested in right now. I mean, is that just Blizzard being more aware to these amateur teams? Is it that Overwatch is better set up for this kind of different stages? Or why do you think there's just such a big difference between how the two different leagues do their amateur scene? I I think that Blizzard designed Overwatch with esports in mind. They've had this this um, esports model built for a couple of years now, and it's just implementing that in slow stages. And I feel like the game itself suits the esports scene, especially with all the new updates that Blizzard are bringing out. But I think that if you go back through League of Legends history, it was never designed to be an esports from the start. But Blizzard, if you look at any, to be fair, any game that's been out a while, it wasn't designed to be an esport. Whereas Blizzard designed Overwatch with esports in mind. That's a really interesting point. And I mean, clearly Overwatch is kind of doing it right. And the Overwatch League is just kind of kicking off now. And hopefully it's a huge success and all that kind of stuff. But that's really kind of different. Because yeah, Overwatch is what? 2016 is just out for two years now. Which is kind of after the Overwatch... I mean, the esports industry has kind of been developed. I mean, yeah, we're not quite there yet. But I think over... I mean, esports, geez. Um, is definitely kind of growing. And I mean, you see teams like you guys popping up a lot more because it's starting to become more of a reality to be kind of a professional player or at least even a semi-pro player where you guys want to at least get to one day so i definitely think it's really cool that overwatch makes it so easy and it's really friendly to you guys i mean it'd be amazing to see you guys in the contenders league um one day and kind of being at that top level of play because it's a reality and you know the steps you have to take to get there but um, kind of going into the last couple of questions, um, what do you see the next kind of couple esports being? I mean, do you see League of Legends and esports kind of being the only scenes you guys kind of take on right now? Do you see yourself going to other um, games, or what's kind of your thinking behind that, and why? I'll just like some from what I've noticed is that esports like Rocket League, esports like Rainbow Six, right? So games have been out for a while that weren't initially in the esports scene are now picking up the steam. They're getting the developers are now building the game with the commute with the competitive community in mind, right? And it's now opening up now to a wider range of people saying like, "Hey, I'm really good at this game." I can I can go into this right I can see where how far I can go with this and we're open to really anyone or any game at all really and we just want to help those players that are passionate about that game and kind of continue on but uh, I'll let Ben put some of his own thoughts in there because he might have something different to say 
I, th- I think one of the big things with esports is that it has to go hand in hand with um, streamers in general, um, which is another sector that I would like to get into. Um, Carl did a great job covering esports as a whole, but I don't think streamers get the well, they do get the attention if you get big <laughs> enough, but I don't think it gets the recognition it needs to because as a player, you don't have many ways to put yourself out there. And streaming shows off not only your skill but your personality. I think that's a big thing for um, esports players. If you look at and compare esports professionals to a regular game, such as what I'm going to refer to as soccer, not <laughs> um, the the personalities are there. You just need to push them out. If you see an interview with your favourite soccer player it's it's easy to get their where they've come from where what their goals are if you look at a personality of from esports it's not as easy there's not as much out there that we can do so yeah that's that's long-winded but no it's not long-winded at all and I, i love that you guys are kind of going out and really expanding on what i'm asking because that's what i'm trying to get out like we all know I'm not the most professional interviewees. I'm interviewer, but you guys are doing great, kind of bringing up these really interesting points that not a lot of people think about when they think about esports. I mean, we're such a young industry that's still kind of figuring things out and so focused on the games and the big teams that no one really thinks about the individual players and personalities. No one really looks at the games that are trying to fit the format that they need to. So, I mean... <laughs> Do not apologize for kind of going on outside of the questions I'm asking because you guys are really giving some really insightful stuff that I think I'm loving listening to you guys kind of talk about this, but I'm really sure everyone else will as well. But, I mean, that's kind of wrapping up the main kind of question line that I have. I mean, I threw a couple ones in there. I probably forgot one here or there. But, James, kind of throw in your co-hosting hat here and kind of think <laughs> if there's any questions I missed or anything that you've kind of really found interesting or different while working with these guys that maybe our listeners might want to hear about or maybe I might even want to hear about if you don't have anything that's fine but just maybe something that I might have missed um I think I think this is one that I've kind of I think like us as like a collective between between myself Chris Kyle and like Kane and as well as the, the rest of the staff as well is a way of generating this so it's not like or generating revenue so it's not just a passion i think that's i think it's a big that's one that's something that turns a lot of people off the amateur scene and two it's a like it's something that people don't know really how to make it happen right and that's that's a learning that's been a huge learning experience with me coming along with honor um and I've seen Chris and Kyle kind of pulling their hair out, kind of trying to make it work. Um, but I think if either one of you guys want to kind of expand on that, on how uh, besides just like besides just tournaments, how to make how to make money, I guess, out of out of the amateur scene. Yeah. So um, when it comes to the amateur scene, it's it's really hard to get the funding in there. But I I feel like the best way that we've been dealing with it is to be professional from the start always conduct yourself professionally when when not only talking to the companies but on social media on in communication with tournament admins with other organizations 
I remember one comment from James. I, c- I can't remember it specifically, but... <laughs> I know exactly this. what you're talking about. Do, do you want to... Go on, I'll let you... Yeah, yeah, no. Um, it was... It was in my, like, when I was initially starting to try and find scrims for my team and stuff like that, and I conduct myself... Um, despite the fact it may not seem this on the podcast, if anybody's listened from the previous podcast, I'm usually pr- fairly, fairly vulgar. <laughs> um, you know, not exactly the most professional. But when I'm when I'm reaching out to other organizations, um, I try and conduct myself as professionally as possible. And I had one team. I, I won't say the team, you know, for their sake and stuff like that. But he actually, like, the captain actually told me, he's like, dude, stop, stop talking like this. Like, you're. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, you, you sound weird right now. I was like, oh. Uh, okay okay i didn't know I, and that's just it like i was just shocked that you know I've, I've never i never met any really anybody who had a problem with it prior it was just it was just weird to me that to see the amateur scene living up to the kind of that stigma of like oh this is just a bunch of guys like you know not really you know just trying to like make a team and see how they do right nobody's conducting themselves professionally and just to kind of see that backlash on me was really weird because i i, I want people to take us seriously and that's one way to do it is professionalism right and that's you know that's how we get companies to you know communicate with us another point that that i like that i kind of was thinking of uh, a little bit beforehand before the interview but the way esports is going right now is it's kind of merging into what sports is right now so in sports you have like your little league minor league and everything like that right where people are learning how to play and stuff like that, and they're learning how to compete. Then eventually they go on to their own amateur level, like in hockey, if you get like to the certain level of skill, you start to play in the CHL or junior hockey, right? And that's kind of the amateur level, and that's where you basically hone your skills, you work your hardest to get noticed, and to prove that you deserve to be up at the top of the rest. With how over, with uh, Overwatch or League of Legends or anything like that, with how it's going, it's going very fast into that. And a lot of people don't realize it, and a lot of people aren't really treating it as if it is, but it is. You know, like that kind of thing. No, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're trying to mean. And, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, I mean, I definitely think the scene in five years will be 100% different than what it is now just because of the publicity and the money that's starting to come into it and just kind of the general organization that esports is kind of taking as a whole is they are kind of following that traditional sports route because that's proven. It's what works and that – we're not trying to compare ourselves. We're not trying to beat sports while people are always asking, when will esports be bigger? Stuff kind of like that. We're trying to just kind of carve out our own part of the kind of entertainment industry and we're following what works because that is tried and proven. I mean, sure, the NFL is down and stuff kind of like that, but it still has millions and millions of followers and fans and there's a clear path for anyone that wants to become a professional football player, what they kind of need to do. And I think, teams like you guys are kind of creating that amateur level and kind of helping create this stepping stone of becoming a professional that isn't there right now. And I think it's incredibly important and something that really needs to kind of come into reality the next couple of years in order for esports to really become bigger than what it is right now. But 
yeah, I think thank you, James, for kind of bringing up that point right there. I knew I probably missed on something there, but oh, it's all it good, is man. something that's really incredibly important. And I mean, I've seen you guys have done really well. Um, you have affiliates and kind of stuff like that on your partner page, and that's always a really uh, great first way to kind of start making some revenue on the side. But it's hard. <laughs> I mean, kind of yeah. the podcast we're gonna kind of take the same way. I mean, one day we'll start kind of finding affiliates and sponsors, but it's different it's difficult and i mean is there any advice outside of being professional that you guys would recommend uh for kind of finding those first sponsors or affiliates i think the biggest thing is results it's hard to say but results is is what companies look for and and it's something that you need to work hard towards and like an oh i'll let you yeah and like games. yeah so <laughs> okay <laughs> fair enough and i just to, just to kind of build on that even from like not a, even like a, a sponsorship but even like a big way that we founded um the the legal legends team was kind of on the success of the the previous overwatch team um was that you know i could i could say to my players hey you know our organizations had success in other games um, you know, and we're just looking to expand that success, right? So I think not only with, with sponsorships, but we're creating other teams as well. If if we didn't have somebody coming to us, vice we were going to them, that's kind of how we how we fuel it, right? Um, I was Sorry, just Kyle, say, go ahead, like, man. When you're first looking as like an organization in that for sponsors or just affiliates or just means to get some extra cash in there to pay for tournaments or gear or what it might whatever it might be for your team you shouldn't hesitate on what like on what you can or cannot do always ask always be professional and everything like that but like don't be afraid of who to ask is basically what I'm trying to get at and yeah don't, don't be, be afraid, afraid of big, big companies. companies like if you don't ask, you will never know. If you ask, you will know. You will know what your team and what your organization or whatever it might be needs to do to reach that level where you can actually get funding or partnerships or whatever it might be from big from those big names. Yeah, I really think that's probably one of the one of the most important things you've kind of said the entire podcast. Not looking down on everything else you said. But it's really the worst anyone can ever say to you is no in these kind of scenarios. And just taking that chance and whatever the old traditional basketball saying is, you miss every shot you don't take or you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It really is true, especially at this amateur scene where it's a lot of passion and drive, that there's no harm in going out and asking a big company to sponsor you, to be an affiliate or anything kind of like that. Because if they say no, you can at least figure out what you need to improve on in the long run to get to that next level so i think that's such a really cool point and such a good ending point for the podcast because that's such an important idea to kind of understand for everyone in the esports industry is let your passion drive and just interest in the industry encourage you to ask as many questions as you have take as many chances as you can because that is the only way to really start getting into the industry so I want to thank you all so, so much for kind of hopping in this last-minute interview and doing this with us. I think it was such a great episode, easily one of my favorites. So before we sign off, 
I just want to give you all three of you a chance to list off Twitch, Twitter, websites, whatever you guys want to kind of throw in these last couple of minutes. Go crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, you want to start say, there? Just Kyle, check yeah. out all the Honor esports stuff. Uh, Honor.gg, the website. Uh, Honor GG's on Twitter. Um, me uh, at the Supersonic HD on Twitter. Uh, and the SSHD on Twitch. I guess we we'll move on to Chris. I'll kind of help you guys move <laughs> along instead of waiting. Yeah, so don't forget to also check out the Honor Esports Twitch as uh, well. Ah, yeah, I forgot That's about the that. same as the Twitter, Honor GGs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my personal Twitter is the Banhammer underscore OW. Um, Twitch is the Banhammer OW. And um, that's about it. So Awesome. And James, I guess I'll let you still do your little outro too. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's not like I haven't done it every other week, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at James A R E Graham. Um, I'm also you can also contact me via email at James Graham at Honor GG, um, and as well on Twitch at uh, just Howie. Surprisingly enough, nobody took it. So awesome. So once again, thank you guys all so much for kind of doing this interview with us. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners for downloading, for listening, for sharing, for reviewing. Everything that you do means so much to us. And I really encourage you this week to go and check out all their social media as well as check out ours. I mean, we are the Esports Pod at Twitter. Um, we are the Esports Project um, for our official website. And then you can find me personally on Twitter at Nims41. NIMZ41. But that is all we have for this week. This is the Project Esports Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And until then, see you next week.